You're listening to MoneyWeb at Midday. Ahead of the Thursday State of the Nation address and in a report just released by the presidency, the official view is that despite a decade of poor economic performance, the scourge of COVID-19 and daily blackouts, much has been done to improve the lives of South Africans during President Ramaphosa's office. So let's weigh in now with an expert assessment as I talk to Adrian Saville from the economics consultancy Boundless World. He's also attached to the Gordon Institute of Business Science. And Adrian, Based on the Leave No One Behind 2024 review report and the mentioned initiatives, how would you assess government's overall performance then in improving the lives of South Africans during what has been a very difficult term? Jeremy, if you take a very long-term view you know, and you compare South Africa today to 30 years ago, on many fronts, the country is in, in a, an infinitely better place. We don't live in that country that used to exist. Um, and, and I think, you know, particularly from a perspective of political participation and, uh, and civil liberties. But when we, you know, take a CRISPR lens and, you know, apply uh, metrics uh, that include employment levels, economic engagement, incomes per person, inequality, and social and economic exclusion then it's very, very hard to make a case that the government has done a good job under Cyril Ramaphosa's most recent uh, presidency. Let's talk about that economic engagement, Adrian. The report mentions $1.5 trillion in new investment commitments, more than $500 billion already infused into the economy. Those are big numbers. How do you mm. evaluate the impact? Yeah. Well, you know, they're numbers and it's policy speak or it's political speak. The easiest way to assess this is to get you know, away from the storyboard and the narrative and just go and look at the published economic statistics by, uh, that come from the South African Reserve Bank. And when you take that uh, sober lens to the GDP numbers, it's evident that South Africa has been in an investment drought for uh, the better part of 15 years. The last time we truly had buoyant investment spending, the type of spending that would fuel fast and inclusive economic growth, you have to rewind all the way to the build of um, the highways and airports and stadiums around the time of the World Cup 2010. Mm. So what I'm hearing you saying is that the numbers might be impressive, but when it comes to translation into tangible economic development and job creation at a scale that was anticipated, that really has failed Mm. to transpire. Yeah, you know, you're saying it um, differently and perhaps better than me, but it's exactly that. It's all well and good to, you know, make an announcement that X billion or X trillion has been promised or pledged. And we need to do a couple of things with that. The first, we have to, first, we have to make sure that we're not double counting. In other words, are these promises that already existed? Are we just vocalizing what was already committed? That's the first aspect of double counting. The second is the, you know, and I don't mean to infer that there's any sort of deceit in this, but you would expect uh, uh, politicians to be talking a big game. And where we need to adjust the numbers is not just how big is the uh, investment spend, but over how many years Mm. so that we can translate this into a per year investment amount. And then importantly, is the investment spend replacement investment spend uh, or is it new investment spend in addition to uh, replacement investment spend. And that's where, you know, my cynicism comes in here is 
when we reverse out of the of the big number uh, the 1.1 trillion and go and look at the actual investment spend per year over the last five ten years the numbers are simply missing in action that investment spending just doesn't exist adrian then the report goes on to the just energy transition investment plan and here are the numbers 12 mm-hmm. billion dollars in financial pledges secured through partnership so the evaluation of the potential impact of this plan on South Africa's energy sector and economy uh, should be a good one, given that we're still experiencing yes. high levels of load shedding. But again, that hasn't necessarily mm. translated into anything tangible. Well, uh, you know, here, let me be a little bit more cheerful, Jeremy, is there's, uh, there is an extremely robust policy framework. If South Africa you know, has really shone on one front, um, <laughs> Uh, perhaps uh, a pun's not intended, but if we've, you know, shone on one uh, yeah. front, a light to point would be at the Renewable Energy Public-Private Partnership Framework. Uh, you know, that really has been um, impressive. And it's translated into uh, new investment spend. And by definition, we can say it uh, it's new investment because that uh, uh, infrastructure didn't exist historically. So it is new projects, new investment spend, it's green fields. And if this is carried out effectively, I think it points to a South Africa that could be not in no load shedding, but perhaps in you know, a consistent state of stage one uh, load shedding, perhaps as soon as the end of this year or early next year. Just a final one then. The obvious question is, all very well in that respect, but is this going to address long-term energy security concern and reduce the frequency of daily blackouts? Mm. So, you know, my last observation about a permanent state of stage one, you know, that seems to be more realistic. Now, and what I mean by permanent state is, you know, multiple uh, years, uh, five years, uh, 10 years, as things stand, it's hard to see a complete uh, reversal or elimination of load shedding, but it certainly takes us to, you know, what we have on the table takes us to a far healthier state of relatively consistent uh, energy supply where we'd live in, in a stage one rather than the uncertainty of is it going to be three, four or five. And a permanent stage one is infinitely better, even though it's not perfect, it's infinitely better than the uncertainty of is it three, four or five. Stability means that we can plan better. Adrian Saville, thank you very much indeed for the uh, the very succinct analysis. I do appreciate it.